Sorry, I don't love you. A friend I've grown accustomed to. Cause with you, if something isn't wrong, something isn't wrong, something isn't right. Hey everyone, welcome to Geek Dummies Back this week, and I have on Scott Fuger to talk about Marvel Unlimited. But before we get into that, Loot Crate is sponsoring this episode again, and you can save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com slash geekdumpod, and the promo code is bridge10 for 10% savings, and this will all be in the show notes and everything, so you don't have to memorize it. I'll have the link so you can click on it there, and the promo code will be in the show notes as well. So, Scott, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, you know, just hanging out. I've been reading some comics, so ready to jump in whenever. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you've been reading probably more than I have at this point, and you know, Marvel Unlimited is one of those things where when I initially got a job back in 2015, I wanted to dive into comics a lot more because I was like, hey, look at this. I have my own money. I can spend it on things. And <laughs> when I found out about Marvel Unlimited, it instantly grabbed me because I was like, you know, just under 70 bucks for a whole year and you can read as many comics as you want. And, you know, despite not having a job since the end of 2015. I've kept that subscription going, even though, you know, I probably should have saved money, but I would have spent money buying trades or something else instead. So I was like, all right, if I do this, I won't buy any Marvel trades or anything like that. I only have one set of Marvel trades, and it's actually the Marvel Max series for Alias, <laughs> because I didn't see that on Marvel Unlimited. I don't know if they've added it since or it's going to be added, but... I wanted some Jessica Jones comics, so I bought those, and that was, you know, my limit. How did you come about subscribing to Marvel Unlimited? Oh, uh, well, I just actually, I think it was just a few months ago that I actually started subscribing. Um, you know, since probably sometime late last year, I've been really, you know, getting back into comics, and I don't know, I guess it's just Marvel Unlimited has kind of, like you said, everything, pretty much right. mostly everything under the sun for Marvel. Um, so, I mean, that's just, you know, I like, I'll go to the library or whatever and be able to pick up stuff there or go to the comic book store and pick up stuff there. But just, just the sheer volume of everything, I guess, is what kind of have, has drawn me to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we should talk about pricing just briefly here, because like I mentioned, the yearly subscription is, I believe, $69. I don't know why they didn't just make it an even 70 that I always find it odd when they pick like a random number. I'm like, you could have just made it 70 and people would have been yeah. fine with that. I feel like if it was 69.99, it's like, then maybe it's like, oh, the psychology of, oh, it's just under 70. But I feel like right. 69 just seems like making it even is like kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. And otherwise, it's 9.99 a month, which I, I would just love it if people would just say $10. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> believe in the whole seeing the penny difference makes a real difference. I'd rather just see nice round numbers and everything like that because for this they don't charge you tax or anything on it. It's just straight up the 9.99 a month or the $69 for the year, I believe. Yeah, and it's pretty much like on par with any other service out there like Apple Music, right. Spotify, all that stuff. That'll be, you know, $10 a month anyway, so it's yeah. It's good that it's, you know, the same value for a similar thing with comics rather than music, of course. <laughs> yeah. And like you mentioned, there's 
pretty much everything on there with a few exceptions. And they're still adding a lot of older stuff too, but it's not necessarily the super popular titles that they're still adding. For the most part, they have, you know, most of the amazing Spider-Man issues and everything that Stanley worked on, basically, you know, all the old Black Panther series and everything like that. So if you compare this to what you would pay for a trade or single issues, you know, Marvel can go up to like five or six bucks for some of their single issues too, which to me is a little crazy because when DC Rebirth started with the $2.99 price point, it was like, okay, but you're doing it twice a month. So you're still getting six bucks out of me every month for a specific title, but you're at least getting twice the content. And I just think, you know, it's interesting how pricing works in the comic book world. And then you have websites like in stock trades where you can get all of the trades at a 42% discount probably because they buy them in these huge bulk orders you know they're still making enough money to run the website off of it essentially but for this you know you have to like reading comics in a digital format too that's the one downside for anyone who isn't big on digital reading because i know there are people like that with books in general, they'll really like physical books, but want nothing to do with ebooks. So have you had a preference of how you enjoy reading comics? Or are you just fine reading comics any way you can get them? Um, I'm definitely as far as like books go, I'm more of a physical person. I just can't really seem to, I don't know, it messes me up seeing it on a screen. But I feel like for comics, it's since it's more visual, it's kind of different. Um, right. I mean, especially like on an iPad or something or a larger tablet, it's like almost the same size that it would be if you had the comic book there. And right. then you also can like interact with it. Like, oh, if there's a, you know, if there's a little like writing on this article in one panel and you're like, oh, it looks like it's actual writing. Let me see what it says. It, like you can do that much easier than with a physical book. Um so I feel like it almost adds to it in a way, too. And like Marvel Unlimited has the panel by panel reading, which right. isn't always completely accurate. Sometimes it'll, especially for the older ones, it'll like cut panels in half and stuff. But yeah. um, for some, I know uh, like the Immortal Iron Fist was one that I was reading it in that way. And it actually, I don't know. It's definitely a different experience, but it's kind of nice, you know, filling up the screen even more. Right. Yeah, I haven't done too much reading with the panel by panel, usually when it happens, I'm hitting it on accident. And I'm like, nope, didn't didn't want to do that. I wanted to turn the page. And just me personally, I like seeing the page layout. So th I sort of just keep it that way. And I read on an iPad Air too. So like you said, that is practically the size of an actual comic book. So it's not, you know, shrinking it down too much to where I can't see everything I need to see. And is that how you are reading them through an iPad or do you have a different means of reading them? Yeah, I have an iPad. Uh, last year I bought like some sort of like little knockoff uh, tablet that I was using for a while and it worked fine, but it was, you know, like 30 bucks. So it cropped out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I decided to invest in the iPad and, you know, it's a little bit definitely higher scale and the quality of the display is better and stuff so that you know makes it a more enjoyable experience too yeah and obviously like you said that better screen really helps and i think that helps make the colors seem more accurate as well because sometimes when you have a screen and a book you can tell the difference because of how either the book needs to be printed or how the 
website or whatever does their colors and everything like that. And you can definitely get two different, you know, shades here and there of things between digital and print. But I've noticed that on the iPad, it seems pretty accurate. And what I want to bring up to is the timeline for Marvel Unlimited. So the titles come out six months after they've hit the shelves. Have you run into any issues with that? Personally, I don't care because there's so much on there to read. It's like, I don't need to be reading like last week's comic right now. I can wait until they have a good chunk of it on Marvel Unlimited, which is what I've been doing with a lot of the recent Star Wars comics. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not like in a super fan of comics. I'm more of a casual fan, so I haven't had too many issues. Um, I started, I did read the recent Karnak miniseries and okay. I got through, I thought it was like a four issue series. And then I got to the end of the fourth issue and I was like, oh wait, this isn't over. So there was, I had to wait a little bit. I'm not sure if it's up yet uh, for the last issue of that. Um, and I had picked up like a more recent miniseries, uh, Deadpool the Duck, which is a Deadpool Howard the Duck crossover. And that was really good. And that just, I think it started like last November or December. So I don't think any of it's on Marvel Unlimited yet. But I mean, for the most part, there's really so much that, you know, you can, there's some, you'll find something even if you have to wait for other things. Yeah. And when you have characters like Spider-Man that have such a rich history, it's easy to sort of just get lost in single characters as well on Marvel Unlimited. And I know last year I read through Brian Michael Bendis's initial run on Spider-Man, the one that runs about 133 issues. And, you know, I did that right after I had renewed my yearly subscription. And it's like reading those 133 issues, and I cranked them out in like two weeks or something ridiculous. I've read a lot that first month after you know, renewing the subscription. And it's like, right there, I got my money's worth. It's like half of those comics would have been more than my money's worth. And I just, you know, blew through a bunch of these. And it's really hard to deny the value of Marvel Unlimited. And yes, there are some problems here and there. I have had comics where, you know, I went to read something and only three pages of the comic were there. And, you know, I had to check with people. I was like, is this something they did on purpose or are there actually more pages to this comic and they just somehow did not end up being scanned or something like that? And I've only come across that maybe once or twice at most. So it's not, you know, a huge deal to just go find one single issue elsewhere to read it. Yeah, I'm I'm Pretty similar to you. I haven't had many issues. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of people complaining about like sign in not working or like you said, like the three issue there are three uh, page pages only showing up in an issue. But um, I haven't had many problems with that. I guess my kind of major qualm with it in general is just sort of like the library, like the way the library organization works and as yes. well as like the search functions because it's all it's all by publication date. And all the library stuff works by individual issues, which doesn't really make sense to me in like a universe that's basically organized by series. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, Comixology does a better job of this because they will stack your comics by the series in that library. You know, I think I bought six trades of Lock and Key over on Comixology. And it's like, you know, you just have a lock and key section in your library and it'll say underneath, you know, six trades or X amount of issues and whatnot. And I think if they did 
more of a stacked library like that, it could really be beneficial to the users. And obviously, it's not a deal breaker for either of us because we're still using the service. But what I do is I'll just, you know, put the first issue of what I want to read into the library. So I'm not saving, you know, like hundreds on hundreds of issues. And I still have like over a 100 issues in there because there's just so many things I want to read. But when you then get reading orders for things like I don't know if you follow Marvel's website at all for their news posts or anything like that, but they'll do the history of X character. And I've been keeping track of those in a notebook. I've been like handwriting out the issues every single time they post it because I don't want to sit there and try and put all of these issues in my library and then have to still go back and figure out what the reading order is. If they took those posts and sort of put them in a collection like they've done for events and stuff in the discover section, I think that would be great. But I think what I would also like to see them do is like, say you want to read the civil war event, which if you read all of the tie-ins and everything, it runs about 98 issues, I believe. And this is the original civil war event that I'm talking about. They had it in the discovery section, but you couldn't just, you know, like save the event. You still had to go through and put each individual issue in there. So if you could just like save that event and have it pop up in your library in the correct order, that would be awesome to me. Yeah, it just seems like they already put the effort in, like, especially for the Civil War. Like, that's something I noticed too. Like, they put the effort in to not just compile all the tie ins but also compile, like, the correct order. Right. But then there's no way, like, you can't even search the discovery page to find the Civil War, the post on the Civil War event. Yeah. But if you go into the Browse tab and then go to Events and then go to Civil War, it shows it just in publication order and not the right read order. And even that, it's like, it shows it in publication order starting with the most recent, which I guess it makes sense if you're, like, caught up on a series and then are just looking for the newest issue but if it's something like a major event that you're starting from scratch it really seems backwards yeah and they recently changed the library too i noticed in one of the last updates and i used to have it so that the oldest comics were at the top of my library and now they've flipped it and it's you know in reverse order and even if i go into the little filter thing and do oldest first it still changes it back every time I go back into the library. And I wish, you know, there was a way you could just sort of customize it more to what you want and not have it go back to the default every single time. So I definitely agree with you that the library could use a lot of work. And, you know, that's, like I said, that's not a deal breaker because they're already giving you so much for such a good deal that it's sort of hard to completely nitpick the fact that they are at least going in the right direction. Whereas, you know, with DC, they don't have anything like this. And I know you had a little note on this. Comixology has the exclusive digital distribution rights for DC on iOS. So that's obviously making it difficult. But I have heard that DC has something in the works. I don't know whether or not this is true. I don't know if anyone had a source from inside DC to tell them this, but I've heard that going around. And, you know, I, one, I would have saved so much money on comics if DC had something <laughs> like this, because I would I would happily just go digital because, one, I'm running out of bookshelf space, and two, it would be a lot more cost efficient for me. 
So, you know, my comic book collection here, it's mostly DC trades. And then, you know, I have some image stuff sprinkled in there, but image accounts for probably maybe a third of my comic book collection in physical form anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would be really interesting to see like DC put something out and see what that would end up being like. Um, I mean, I know there's like Comixology Unlimited and there's a couple other ones that those don't have DC either. And um, they sort of just end up compiling as much as they can from all the indie publishers. Right. Um, but so it would be interesting to see like DC, you know, it would, how it would end up taking shape and whether, you know, they would take into account the sort of issues with organization for Marvel Unlimited. And, um, you know, even if it was something like you manually could make a playlist of the issues in a crossover event or something like even something like that would be such an improvement. And obviously they have a totally different catalog. So that would be amazing too. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked back at my shelf and image probably doesn't even account for a third of it. It's probably closer to like a fifth of it. So it's not a huge part, but I really do like some of the image titles. So it'll be interesting to see how many of the publishers end up doing something similar to what Marvel is doing now. Obviously, you know, with Comixology Unlimited, I did try that when they had, you know, the free month or whatever. And the fact that I could only read one trade or, you know, the first two trades of something, it was just like, they're using that more to rope people in and get people to spend more money on comics. Whereas Marvel Unlimited is just like, here you go, here's a dump truck of comics and you can sort through it yourself and sort of figure out what you want to read. And while the discover section does help, you know, like we mentioned, there still are some issues with it. But before we move on, I want to let you guys know that for all of you listeners of Welcome to Geekdom, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at lootcrate.com. But you have to use our link, which is actually trylootcrate.com slash geekdompod and enter the code bridge10 for that 10% savings. And, you know, these boxes are not super expensive. They're less than $20 a month. And then you pay the shipping on it and you get six to eight items, which will include licensed gear. So it's official, you know, Marvel and DC stuff. And you can get collectibles. They have one-of-a-kind items that you can only get in these boxes. And if you guys support Loot Crate, you are supporting this podcast. So definitely check it out. And I've mentioned this before, but I really do feel like Loot Crate is sort of the perfect sponsor for this podcast because, you know, we're sitting here talking about a comic book service, not even, you know, a specific comic book. So, you know, I'm definitely capable of geeking out about pretty much anything at this point. And, you know, Loot Crate is just here to bring you some geeky items that you can put around your house or apartment and sort of show off your geekdom, basically. So thank you to Loot Crate for sponsoring this podcast, and we will get back to the Marvel Unlimited talk now. So Scott, Discovery is something we've touched on, and I want to talk about the release schedule a little more for Marvel Unlimited because we mentioned, you know, six months for the new stuff to come out, but they still add other stuff every single week too. I believe it might happen on Mondays that they add new stuff. I'm 
pretty sure it's Mondays anyway. I could be wrong on that. But, you know, they'll go back and they'll add a good chunk of a series or a full mini series that is missing from the backlog and everything. Do you find yourself sort of checking this on a weekly basis to see what they've added to the service? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I feel like on average, it's about 50 issues that they add a week between, you know, new releases and older ones. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely, even if you're not looking for something to read at that moment, it's like an easy way to find something like, oh, after I finish up this, I'll, let me check this out. It looks pretty cool. Or like the, if the cover work or the brief description like grabs your attention, it's like a really good way to sort of you know like discover things i feel like i use the discover tab a little more um which again it's kind of annoying that it's not like searchable it just shows in one long list but um like they'll have the like the character close-ups or something that is really helpful like diving into deadpool or venom or something just sort of seeing like the best of arcs um that's been something that i've really enjoyed a lot Yeah, and they'll do things like, you know, first appearances of this character and those sorts of things. And I think that's really cool for Discovery, too, because the first appearances don't tend to always happen in a solo comic series for the character. So you're sort of diving into these group books like Avengers or something like that, or, you know, they make an appearance in a different character's solo run, and you can sort of just really go down the rabbit hole with this and... Something I want to bring up, though, since we've talked about, you know, search and discovery not being quite what we want it to be. One thing I have noticed a lot is that the metadata isn't always filled out for issues. And I think that creates a big problem, too, because if you're like me and you want to go see everything Brian Michael Bendis has done, he has to actually be credited on everything for it to show up under his name. And, you know, sometimes I'll go click on a comic and There's no writer information, no artist information, nothing like that. And I think it just sort of makes that a little more difficult because it's like, okay, you're giving us the option to search by creator or artist or whatever, and then you're not putting in all of the metadata to actually show us the proper credits for this person. And that's something that can get a little frustrating too. And I've noticed sometimes, you know, when you are in a comic and you know how it says to you know like see more comics in the series after you've finished an issue yeah sometimes i'll hit that and it'll just be like comics by so and so i'm like but you told me this was going to be more comics in this series and it's just like sort of directing you to the wrong place in the app have you noticed that yeah i definitely have and it's just like i don't know it's just another one of those things that i feel like doesn't fully add up with the app <laughs> right like, if you have it, then it should be, you know, accessible in sort of any way. Um, but I mean, like, it's easy enough, I guess, to go to Wikipedia, type in the name of the author you want to see, and then you see, like, even that won't be, like, a full list of everything they've ever done, but sometimes it'll end up being, like, a little more in-depth. But then, you know, that's just another part thing that, like, kind of fragments the user experience in not the best way. <laughs> yeah, and... You know, little things like these, well, I wouldn't necessarily call them little because for me, they're, you know, pretty big issues. But because of the fact that, you know, this probably isn't the biggest priority for Marvel, 
especially when they have so many new comics coming out each week now and you know they had the civil war 2 event going on and all of this stuff you know i'm sure marvel unlimited might take a back seat to things like their website and keeping up with the current stuff so it's sort of i wouldn't call it a shame because the app is still really good for just binge reading comics and that sort of thing in general but it's a little disappointing that they don't put quite as much effort into some of the finer details of this app because i think if they just spent the time doing that and you know i would be happy to go put in the metadata for all the comics for them if they want to pay (laughs) me to do that i would do that so you know it it seems like something that you can pretty easily fix and i know marvel has a lot of interns so they could probably just get even an extra intern and have them working on this all day, which I know it probably wouldn't be the best learning experience for the intern. But, you know, I just offered to do it. So I'm sure someone else would offer to do it for free. But it's it's just, you know, we see this with a lot of apps, too, whether or not they're reading apps or whatnot. It's just like you have these little nagging things. And it's like, OK, if you guys could just fix this little thing it would go a long way yeah i mean the apps i think the app launched in like 2013 and marvel unlimited itself started in maybe like 2007 i feel like i read that it had like 120 issues when it was first launched i'm not positive about that right but um i mean like at this point i feel like there's you know if you search marvel unlimited you'll find plenty of articles where they're like well this doesn't make sense that you can't save an entire series at once or that you can't sort things the way you can't even make a playlist for the way you would prefer to read things and it's like at this point it really should be you know something that they've taken care of after years I feel like if it was any of like you know image or another like smaller company then that would be like I guess Marvel kind of maybe feels like they can you know throw things on the wall and see what sticks because you know they're so they're such a part of popular culture in a way that other comics aren't with right. all their movies and TV shows and everything. But I feel like, you know, if they weren't this big of a company, they wouldn't be able to get away with something like this. <laughs> right. And I know you also want to talk about, you know, trade paperbacks and annual issues and that sort of thing, because that's another problem where they sort of separate out all of the annual issues from the series that they kind of go with. And that makes it a little harder to know which ones you need to read with which series. And, you know, with trades, I'm still waiting on, you know, like that final Batman volume 10 to be out in trade paperback. And I think it's coming soon if it hasn't already. But that's sort of more a bunch of these single stories and stuff combined into a trade. It's just sort of, you know, the leftover issues, basically, that didn't fit in with the story arcs. And I feel like when you have, you know, trades in a specific reading order, you should be able to sort of find that order easily on Marvel Unlimited and save that because As someone who uses Goodreads, I've been keeping track of all of the trades, the physical trades that I've been reading. But when it comes to Marvel Unlimited, I don't really do that because I don't want to go through and be like, okay, I read issue one through 15. Which trades are those? I would, it would be much easier if the app just told you what the trades were and then what issues were included in those trades because. 
I know a lot of people still buy the single issues, but I feel like way more people enjoy collecting in trades at the same time, too. So it sort of doesn't make sense to me that you focus comics around these story arcs, but then you don't give us the reading order for them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is somewhere they could take note from like the music side of things. Like in iTunes, it'll be sorted by artist, then album, then song. Right. Like, so it could easily be like series, then arc, then issue. Um, because that's just, I feel like that's the way people tend to think a lot more than just like, oh, this is this issue. And then it's not even, that doesn't even like boil down to it's this issue of this comic. Like, it, I don't understand the, it's not like obsession, but the sort of like, they put so much of a focus on the individual issue when that's not really the main focus of a comic book. Like, you can't just read one issue most of the time of like, oh, here, let me read one issue that's the third part in a six-part series of Deadpool. Like, then it just won't make sense to you. So, I mean, even if they, you know, for the newer issues, had it, like, here's the new issue that came out that we're just adding to Marvel Unlimited. Makes sense. Add it as an issue. Right. And then maybe, maybe once all those issues became compiled into a trade paperback, then switch i guess that would be a lot of effort to sort of like go back in and switch the way it's sorted but it would also make sense because that's what they do with the physical comics yeah and the thing is marvel knows well before the trades are released how the story arcs are going to play out and what issues the story arcs are going to be so they could even just you know do something like miss marvel volume one and not give you the title of it or necessary necessarily the cover of it until that's finalized and released and it wouldn't look as pretty so to speak but if you did that and then just sort of added the issues as they were added in a marvel unlimited i think something like that would even work a little better because it's like okay here's you know the new run of miss marvel for 2017 or whatever and here are the three issues from that first volume that we have in the app so far and that would sort of cut down on that, you know, need to switch it over once the full trade is out. They could just do something like that and just have it say volume one, but not give it the subtitle or anything like that. Yeah. And it makes sense, too, for like, you know, there's some really like iconic story arcs. Like I recently went through the Iron Man Demon in a Bottle, which is like a six part. It was kind of. I think it was like issue 120 of like the original Iron Man or something like that. And it's like, you have to put effort into finding that because, okay, I have to like, I probably found it by Googling like, oh, best Iron Man stories or whatever. Right. But then it's like, I need to find which Iron Man series it is. I need to find which issue it is. And then I have to make sure that they're all the proper, like the proper number of issues. Because sometimes even in the info, it'll be like, it won't say like part one of six or whatever. So it's like, you have to really... It's a lot of manual effort to figure out the way things, the proper way things are when, you know, like I said, like with some iconic series, it makes sense to like have it sorted in a more like fan friendly way. Yeah. And I think for a while there, I thought that Welcome Back Frank, which is a Punisher story, wasn't on Marvel Unlimited because I couldn't, you know, find that title anywhere. And 
I finally resorted to going on Reddit and asking (laughs) and someone, you know, pointed out what series and everything it was and, you know, what it was under and everything like that. So I probably need to go back and find that Reddit post because I don't remember what the answer to any of that was. (laughs) But I feel like when you just have, you know, Punisher, you know, 80 through 95 or something it's just like okay but then where are the specific story arcs are they still in here are they separated or you know because you can have a character doing a solo run and then have someone else doing a mini series for that same character and it's like okay where did you put all of these things and i do agree with you that you know the the search and discovery needs a lot of work but i don't want to bash on the app the entire podcast here. So why don't we talk about some of the things we do like about other than the fact that it's a great price and you kind of can't deny that no matter who you are. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really, pretty much the reading is exactly what I would expect from any sort of reading app. You know, the artwork, like it's transferred over really well. Even the older comics look good um, on Marvel Unlimited and everything. Um, And, you know, Pretty much, like, even if you're a giant super fan of Marvel, it's like there's almost 80 years of stuff. So you're going to find, right. you know, something that you like. Um, One would help. Like, <laughs> um, I know, like, recently I read through the Hawkeye uh, series, the Fraction and Asia. I think Asia? it's Aha, uh-huh, <laughs> but I don't uh-huh. know. Asia. I read through that yeah, series. Yeah, I don't and, know. Um, you had recommended that, and that was, like, really killer. Um they, I guess a few years ago, they started doing these, it would be like a graphic novel of, they call it season one, that was sort of an introduction to characters. Um, and I guess not all of them were super great, but I read the Doctor Strange one, and that one was really good. Um, and then, you know, I've been super heavy into diving into Deadpool, and it's like such an amazing resource for that, because, you know, there's, even though Deadpool is one of the newer characters, I guess, in a way, like the 90s, but... Like, there's so much to dive into. It's just really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling that aha is not correct because I feel like that would be AHA. But anyway, <laughs> pronunciations aside, this is the problem when we get so digital and it's like we only ever see people's names and <laughs> don't, you know, say them. <laughs> but I, I do agree that the reading experience is very nice, especially on something like the iPad. And one thing I do like is even though the library doesn't work quite how we want it to, it's still very easy to add things to the library. You know, you just click on the issue and then, you know, you have this nice big button. And a recent feature that they added was the mark as read feature, or it'll just auto mark it as read once you finish it. And that's great because, you know, I started to keep track of my comic book reading and my comic books that I own and everything in a ginormous Google spreadsheet. It has like four or five different tabs and it's it's kind of out of hand, but you know, I don't mind it. So it's pretty nice that you can sort of go in there and if you click on a comic, it'll tell you if you've read it or not already. And I don't know if it went back and retroactively did that for everything you had read before the update. But even if it didn't, it's still, you know, something that is very helpful if people aren't like me and don't keep this ginormous spreadsheet of what comics they've read or haven't read. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, I 
heard it from you and kind of took on the same thing where you'd like save the first issue of a run that you want to read into your library. Yeah. So, you know, if I end up reading the first 50 issues of something and I'm like, oh, which issue did I leave off on? You know, it's that makes it a lot easier to go through and, you know, figure out. Um, the one thing I did notice about the read uh, Marcus Red is if you're if you have the images or the comics saved for offline reading and then you read them without an internet connection. When you go back online, it's not like automatically marked as read, which I feel like is kind of weird. So you like you would have to go back in, click the comic, and then hit mark as read. It's not like the end of the world, but it's you know, just a little bit of an added extra step when I feel like that could probably be easily in- implemented because the app knows what you're doing. Right. And that same little pop-up that you get when you want to add something to the library and everything, that's sort of where you see all of the metadata and everything too, or the, you know, see more in series. And when that see more in series thing does work, I find it really helpful because I can, you know, go in and quickly be like, okay, this is a limited series, which I guess they don't call them mini series at Marvel. I recently heard them talking about that on their podcast or something. It's a limited series. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, okay, this one's six issues. This one's 12 issues. Oh, this is over a hundred issues in this run. So maybe that one will wait until later and I'll get through some of the smaller runs first. And that thing is pretty helpful for how I read comics. And it's sort of similar to how I use Instapaper almost because Instapaper will give you the read time for your articles. And I'm like, okay, you know, I have a bunch of articles that will take less than five minutes to read. So let me sort of barrel through those and get through those. And it's definitely really helpful. But like I said, when it doesn't work, it's pretty frustrating. But another thing that I want to talk about briefly is how you read comics, I guess. Do you sort of sit there and binge read them or does it depend on the topic or the character is it something you sort of just do when you have time um i sort of it's a little bit of a mix of everything okay um like when i first got marvel limited i got really into i was really into looking into deadpool so i sort of would search out uh, these are the best arcs or the best uh like limited series and i'd be like okay let me start with those and then I'll kind of see where that takes me if there's like an interesting side character that I end up looking up or something cool that comes up on the Discover page. Um, so I kind of, you know, I'll have a focus and then I'll drift around, you know, wherever. Um, and I do like going by arc, though, because lots of times I'll be, you know, somewhere else. I'll have my iPad with me, but I'll have saved stuff. Uh, offline as read later so and you can save I think it's up to 12 issues that you can save so I like having you know I want to download the full arc so if I have just a few minutes I can read you know like an issue but if I'm going to be hanging out a while if even if it's just something like oh I'm gonna go sit outside and you know relax and read like I like having the ability to read kind of as much as I want and you know have a complete story sort of in one sitting or like in one amount of time, whether it's a few days or like a couple hours. Yeah, I'm definitely the same way. I don't necessarily need to sit there and binge read for, you know, two weeks like I did with the Spider Man <laughs> series. That I just happened to, you know, have the time and I enjoyed it so much that I didn't mind reading, you know, 10 issues of it a day or something like that. And 
other times I'll find myself enjoying a comic, but I don't want to finish it as quickly because, you know, after I finished that Spider-Man run, I was like, okay, I'm never going to remember what issue these things happened in. I'm just going to remember that they happened and it's going to be one big giant blur because I read so many (laughs) of it in one day. And, you know, right now I have a couple that I'm going through. I started the 2015 or 2014 run of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. And, you know, I know there are some new Marvel shows coming up that I might want to read comics for to know more about the characters before watching the shows like Cloak and Dagger and New Warriors. But another thing I do like is that, you know, you mentioned earlier, the mark is red sort of giving you a good idea of where you left off. But on the homepage, they also have the recently read section. So what I do is when I finish a comic, I'll go ahead and hit you know, read next issue or whatever, however it's phrased. And then I'll close the app so that when I open it up and go to the homepage, it's like the issue I need to read is on the recently read, even though I haven't read through the whole thing. It's just because I opened it. It puts itself right there on that front page for me. That makes sense. I might actually steal that too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I feel like that's like sort of, you know, a workaround for, you know, if you could create like a playlist, right, that would be something that would be, you know, a lot more helpful and probably pretty easy for them to implement. Like, it wouldn't have to be like, oh, they created the Civil War playlist for you so you can read everything in order. Like, even if it was sort of one step in between automated and manual, I feel like it would be such an improvement to the user experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a reading queue would definitely be nice because, you know, with the streaming services or at least the one I use, so with Apple Music, you can, you know, be browsing around while you're listening to music and then you can do like play next or, you know, move something to the bottom of your playlist. If you're listening to a full album, you can still finish the album and then have another song or album play after that. So you can either do it, you know, the next song or after what you have in the queue already. And I think something like that would be great, especially, like I said, for the history of so-and-so character or or the events that maybe Marvel hasn't had the time to put together in the discovery section or anything yet. And, you know, I have been keeping track of, I believe, history of the Black Panther and history of the Hulk lately. And the Hulk has such a long history that, you know, it's taken up pages in my notebook. And this is like, you know, two or three rows of comic book issues on each page. And, you know, me sort of writing tiny to fit them all in or fit as many on one page as I can. And, you know, something like that. It's like if I could just even if I had to compile it myself, if I could just put all of those in the correct reading order for that character, it it would take a while because it's the Hulk and, you know, he was one of the first characters to have a series for Marvel. And I would be fine with that. If I had to do it that way, I would be fine with that. But the fact that I don't have the option to do that, I think, is what needs to be fixed. And, you know, obviously, when it comes to apps and stuff, I am not, you know, a programmer, a coder, or anything like that. It's like, you know, if you put some HTML and CSS in front of me, I can read it and understand it. But don't ask me to build something from scratch like Marvel has with this. So, you know, I can't really <laughs> complain too terribly much, even though, you know, we've sort of picked it apart quite a bit this episode. <laughs> I still really do love using the service. And 
most of those things, they're like things I want, but I don't necessarily need them to use the app. It's just, you know, sort of a wish list, which is what a lot of people will do when the new iPhone is coming out. You know, they'll make their wish list of how they want things to work. But I think, you know, what we've brought up here, a lot of people would probably like to have these same features. Yeah, I feel like the criticism, you know, like you said, we've kind of been focusing a lot on that, but I feel like that comes easier almost when it's like a good bait, like it's a really amazing base product. It's right. just like these little features that you would would really make a big difference that don't seem big in the comparison to, you know, scanning every single comic back from 1939 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And you probably have to assume that, you know, like some poor intern is doing all of the scanning or something like that. I mean, I don't know if that's the case. So, you know, don't go suing Marvel or anything <laughs> based on what I say. <laughs> but, you know, I've actually had the chance to email back and forth with some people from Marvel, not about Marvel Unlimited. It was actually about their podcast. And that sort of reminds me, do you ever follow along with the Marvel Unlimited Reading Club? Um, I, it's sort of like I pick and choose. Okay. You know, I'll see like, oh, what's on the Reading Club currently? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Let me try it out. Or if not, I don't. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, before they started archiving those kind of in the discovery section, it would just disappear you know once they finished with that you know reading club set of issues and everything and you know i had tweeted at someone one day and was like is there going to be is there an archive anywhere because you know every once in a while i'll miss one that i want to read and then it's like okay i forget how many issues they said they wanted to read and i'm not going to go back into their you know like two-hour podcast to find out where they, you know, specified what they would be reading and how many issues of it. And, you know, I actually help them figure out podcast chapters for the podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I I think, you know, I mentioned something on Twitter when they asked about it. And then Ben Morse sent me a DM and then I was ended up in this email with like three or four people from Marvel. And I was like, you could do it this way or this way and both work. And then that was about it. So, you know, it wasn't a, you know, big, long conversation or anything like that. But I would like to think, you know, I could still email those people if I had questions. I have not, but <laughs> we'll see about that. And, you know, I would definitely love to be in touch with someone who does the Marvel Unlimited app and just sort of, you know, get a feel for whether or not they have any of these ideas in the pipeline. Obviously, you know, they might not want to announce those things publicly as a lot of, you know, app developers don't until they have it, you know, in the works or almost finished. So it's one of those things where we never really know what exactly they're working on updating for Marvel Unlimited and if they have, you know, this whole big plan to sort of rework the entire app, we have no clue. So do you think we will see a Marvel Unlimited update anytime soon? They seem to be few and far between. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I almost feel like they're, they have to be at least working a little bit on it. You know, um, I don't know, we've mentioned a couple of times just sort of how much of a presence Marvel has everywhere. So it's like, it makes sense that it would move slowly. But I feel like, you know, eventually it's bound to happen. You know, even if you just like Google, like Marvel Unlimited, you'll find people complaining about it. So it's like people are pretty vocal when it comes to comics, too. Like that's something a lot of people are really passionate about. 
So I don't know. I feel like, yeah, eventually I think it'll come. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, is there anything else you want to mention that we didn't get to? Um, no, not really. I think the I think it was pretty, you know, like it was a pretty encompassing talk because, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we both love the service. So right. that's what it really I mean, it could end at that. But, you know, sort of dissecting. It's more constructive criticism, not, you know, oh, this is bad. This is bad. We don't want this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Scott. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. And to our listeners, if you could rate or view the podcast on Apple Podcasts now, they're not calling it iTunes Podcasts anymore. So, you know, I recently got an email about that change. But if you can rate and review the podcast, that would be great. Or just, you know, for you overcast users just hit that little recommend star anything helps us out and as always thank you guys for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day